Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony. And Jackie. Your favorite host in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We have some gun news for you. Yep, let's jump right in. Uh, first thing, just came across a feed right before we started. Uh, in my saved folder, I should say. Because it was approved about a week ago, but... The Stealth Harmless Platypus is now approved for sale in Maryland. Hoot hoot. More platies. So, I have had a couple people uh, on Reddit and stuff reach out about it just because they've seen our videos and stuff and started listening to the podcast. So, here's to you guys because now you can buy one. Yay. Uh, next up, a company called Lara Tactical has come out with a fusion system is what they call it and it is essentially a target focused trainer for iron sight pistols so think of the cover that everyone puts in the front of their red dot mm -hmm. well this kind of clamps around the muzzle end of your pistol and you put a screw through kind of like where the rail would be and just slap it on now obviously this doesn't fit in a holster can't really shoot with this on it's just strictly for dry fire. This is a dry fire trainer to help you get more comfortable with target focus with irons, which arguably is harder than with a dot. Yeah. But do you remember last year, two years ago? Everyone was hard on for like, why are you covering your dot? Why are you covering your dot? Mm -hmm. And I put up a picture of me putting a piece of tape on the front of my front sights Yeah. for target focus for irons. I was like, holy shit, yeah, this actually works. Yeah. Someone has 3D printed something to do it. Fantastic. So, uh, it's very cool. Uh, Lara Tactical, L-A-R-A, -A, on Instagram. I think Ben Steger just got one of these. They sent him one. Obviously, he's a very big proponent of target-focused. Yes. So. Next up, Team Glock has announced that they are adding new members to the team, and the announcement will be on the 22nd. Yes. Which is... A week from now. So, the only thing that I can tell from the video they put up, they put a little teaser up in their stories. I don't know if they put a regular video up. I saw it in the stories. Was Coley, obviously Captain. Ashley is still there. It looks like Morgan Leonhart, because you see a Leonhart uh, jersey. Mm. Uh, a very fit-looking brunette with a tattoo. With the, her last name is Woodard. And there was another girl in there that she looks like we know her, but I'm not sure yet. We're not going to make any speculation until we know for sure. Correct. Starting rumors is bad. Yes. But it's cool to see that Glock finds value in their shooters that they can field more of them. And I kind of hope it starts to rub off on other companies to be like, oh, hey, we should have shooters in here as well. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, some other companies just have shown no interest and have actually told me that they have no interest in sponsoring shooters. Right. So. Which is that, that one particular person that you talked to, it was, that was, it was sad news. Right? Yeah, like, and that's the thing. It? I don't know if he was like, I don't know if he was a shot caller or he just thought he could like, I don't know. Just, just it was very weird. Yeah. Not something I would have, especially 
with a company that has a very very long lineage in competition shooting. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was shocked. Like an iconic lineage. Yeah. So let's see. Oh, TiVo, the guys that are known for the aircraft landing size thumb rests for Shadow Twos. It's the one that uh, Christian famously uses on his Shadow Two. Mm-hmm. They are in the final designs, or the final production uh, tweaks to their TiVo uh, compensator for open guns. It is a two-port comp, it looks like, so far. It looks like a compensator. <laughs> it's tri-topped. It has 17-degree uh, back-facing top ports. They say that that's the most extreme they can go for a soft hit. 20-degree back side ports. And it is going to be the industry standard... Um, 0.6875-40 threads per inch. And the front port is slightly larger. So, this looks... It looks promising. Looks good. I think TiVo makes good looking stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely answering a demand, because if you guys aren't in the know, a lot of your custom 2011 guys that do not make their own parts, compensators right now are very hard to find. Uh, can't find too many Akai's. The binary engineering, which were the most popular that I've seen, I don't know if the guy's making them anymore. So there is definitely a void. Mm-hmm. And this looks like a good design to come. So hopefully this brings some steadiness to the yeah. open builders world. Yeah. Kind of relieves that bottleneck. That is all for gun news, yep. or industry news, as we had with Glock, and now we are off to shooting sports. Yep. Hey. Area 3. Uh, we're just going to run through the winners real quick. Start off with Limited Division. Uh, third place, John Browning. Second place, Joey Sauerland. First place, The Kid, Gianni Giordano. Open Division, fourth place, Eric Steiner, a.k.a. Range Panda. Third place, June Kim Summit City. I'm assuming doing Summit City Bullets would be my guess. Second place, Andrew Heider. And first, Aaron Edens. Congratulations. Yep. Uh, ladies Open Division. Third place, Sloane Sanders. Second, Megan Smiley. First place, defending her title, Jesse Harrison. Production Division, third place, Austin Hull. Second, Stefan Lutman. And first place... Stephen. Stefan and Stephen are spelled the same, but Stephen, Stephen, is spelled with a V, definitively. Stefan, spelled this way, could be either way. Okay. Okay. Ask me how I know. I called a customer, Stephen. He goes, it's Stefan. Yes, sir. Mr. Jones, right this way. <laughs> Alright, who took first? Nils Jonathan! Uh, ladies Yay. Production. Second place, Elizabeth Gack. First place, Ashley Robertson. Previously, Ashley, Ashley Rourke. Rourke. <laughs> Mrs. Robin, Mrs. Robertson. No. Uh, single Stack Division. We have third place, Jeremy Reed. Second, 
Paul Clark Jr. and first place Jeff Cawthon. Congrats, Jeff. Well done. Yeah. Thank God you're doing this one. Yeah. Uh, so carry optics. Let's start at third. Third place Jared Clanton. Second place Wunzik Kim. First place Trace Decker. And then we're just going to go through here and pick out guys that I recognize and notice. Uh, fifth place Shane Coley. Sixth place Tanfo Timmy. Seventh place Isaac Lockwood. Morgan Leonhart. Sixteenth. Jeff King. 18th, and uh, 21st place, Joel Park. Ladies for Carry Optics, Tino in third, Alicia Russell in second, and Morgan Leonhart in first. Uh, PCC, third place, Steve Miles, second place, Andre DeSaltel, first place, Chris Barrett. And limited optics, fourth place, this is overall, fourth place overall limited optics, Justine Williams, my girl. Third place, Caleb Patterson, second place, Sean Griffith, and first place limited optics, Casey Eusebio. And then obviously limited optics, female was won by Justine. Of course. <laughs> That's it for shooting sports, that was area three. We got some questions in this week. So there was a very bad decal. De decal. Woo. DQ at Area 3. It happened to Lane Greers. Grees? Greers? Big Lane. Boston, or Bastion Black Performance. Something like that. Uh, it was a 180 call that was blatantly not a 180. It was a very, very bad call. So just keep an eye out on your squad mates and take a look and be very vigilant in policing bad ROing. Do not be afraid to call it out. You know, not saying that you're going to overturn it, but when the RO that uh, we'll just say allegedly threatens to reinstate you just to DQ you for unsportsmanlike conduct, that uh, that really isn't speaking uh, to the good of how the validity of that DQ. Right. So, uh, I'm getting real sick and tired of hearing about shitty ROing. <laughs> like, real sick and tired of it. Mm -hmm. So, I think everyone at a club level... Guys, start policing the ROs. If you see some bullshit calls or people not doing their job or doing it correctly, correct them. All right. Because this is becoming more and more regular, and it needs to stop. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to jump into questions, but before we jump into questions, uh, I was perusing Reddit like one does. <laughs> At least I do. I love Reddit. Do you guys love Reddit? I love reddit you don't go on reddit i don't i love reddit probably because i grew up going on the old school like forums on websites mm -hmm. like for cars and stuff like that like that's what we had to do and reddit kind of reminds me of that you can find a lot of good information on reddit you can find some 
horrible trolling and some of the most toxic things on the internet. And then you can find pieces of gold. Like this. And this was from... Oh crap, I forgot to get his name. But it was in the competition shooting subreddit. And it was dealing with... Proposed rule changes that they should implement for IDPA. In parentheses, because there are plenty of people that are stupid on the internet. Satire rules. But, they were so freaking hilarious. I was like, yeah, no, we need to talk about this. Like, because this should be out in the public. Yeah. And dude, I wish I'd grabbed the name. I'll have to see if I can go back and find it. If not, credit to you. We did not come up with this, but it's funny as shit. So the first one. Due to the number of competitors using gear for IDPA that is not actually suitable for everyday carry, shooters are required to illegally carry their setup to the nearest post office on match day for registration. Competitors who get kicked out or the cops called will be disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) The stage now begins when the shot timer beeps and ends when the shooter draws his phone and dials 911. (laughs) failing to yell a self-defense related phrase upon the stage start such as he's got a gun or that's my purse i don't know you will incur a procedural law enforcement competing using their issued duty gear need not yell but must turn their body cameras off before shooting it's fucked up (laughs) after thousands of requests Melee weapons division has finally been added. Bring your backup five serrated Tonto. It says five foot, by the way. Is the little dash. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like part of the quote for backup. For backup five foot serrated Tonto. Uh, this one should actually be a thing. This is fantastic. This is my favorite one out of all of them. God. Competitors wearing a fishing vest must display a valid fishing permit to the match director upon registration. (laughs) (laughs) After a thorough analysis of real-world defensive shootings, the penalty for leaving a loaded magazine behind has been increased to 30 seconds. We don't want you to get killed in the streets. Killed in the streets! (laughs) In order to promote cardiovascular fitness among shooters, the first target must become visible after no less... Than 100 yards from the start position. That's not a problem for you, right? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so, it, if you didn't know it was satire up until that point, right after that one you knew because the average age of the competitors for IDPA is slightly older. Yeah. And if there is an abundance amount of people that bitch and complain... That there's too much movement in USPSA now, there is that 20-fold in IDPA. Right. Uh, last one on here. Complaining about ammunition after a weapon malfunction will now incur a procedural penalty if the shooter is found to be shooting their own reloads. Jackie. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny. Every time I have ammunition malfunctions, it's legitimately factory ammunition that's it's, match certified. It's so funny. <laughs> So Match sad. certified ammunition. However, so the shit sad. I make in my basement. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. That's so funny. So that was a good find. That yes. was really funny. Very much so. And we'd keep everybody entertained. 
Speaking of IDPA, I think you and I are going to actually get classified in IDPA either this winter or next shooting season. I am a huge fan of that. So, just to spread the love a little more. Yeah. I did have some people reach out and be like, hey man, uh, I love your guys' show. You guys talk about anything else other than the USPSA? <laughs> we talk about gun news. I'm like, well, what about the shooting sports? I'm like, well, I guess not really. Hmm. Okay. Point proven. Plus, I did have fun. Yeah, I, I shot one IDPA match, and I, I did have a good time. It was, it was fun to learn and adapt to something that was completely different from what I know already. Mm. So, I liked the the learning and the, you know, taking it at a slower pace to really like soak in the rules, and then try to remember them when the buzzer went off. <laughs> But I imagine that's how anybody would feel like shooting like their first USPSA match when all they'd ever shot is IDPA. Right. So, we did get some questions this week. I'm just going to let you know I got tricked into doing limited 10 for my very first USPSA match because of IDPA. Really? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. So, the very first gun I ever competed with was a Glock 34. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought it off of a customer from when I worked at a gun store a long time ago. Big Donnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was his prized possession, one of them, and he really didn't want to sell it. I was like, I'd love to buy it because I need a new, I want a competition gun. I'm finally going to start shooting competition. So it was, it was done up. It was tricked out for the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like late 90s, earliest 2000s, this was tricked out. I'm talking like true glow sights, uh, a magwell that you probably found off of eBay because Amazon wasn't really popular, and then a beaver tail because him and I are larger fellows. I mean, he's all of six six. Yeah, he's a big dude. So he had a uh, beaver tail that slipped on the back and used a larger pin. Originally, it had two thumb rests on it, like you would like a 2011 safety. Mm -hmm. But he ground those off, and uh, it's a little tr a little trigger job. I redid the trigger on it, but because it had a magwell in IDPA, that bumps you up to ESP or enhanced service pistol. Mm -hmm. And uh, the night before my very first match, which was the classifier match before the state championship. I'm grinding away at this magwell because it wouldn't fit in the box. <laughs> so I'm grinding the back. It looks so bad. I still have the magwell. <laughs> I still have every part that gun originally came with. That's funny. Call it nostalgia. Maybe I'll put it up on our new wall. Mm-hmm. But it was... <laughs> when I finally did that, and I had 10-round mags because in IDPA, 10 rounds. 10 rounds everything. So when I showed up, to the first USPSA match that I shot, I couldn't shoot limited minor because I had 10 round mags. Mm -hmm. Couldn't load anymore. Like, oh, well, you'll just be in uh, limited. I was like, I only have 10 round mags. Well, you'll be in limited 10. Back then, I didn't know limited 10 was so hated. But <laughs> I shot limited 10. That was my very first USPSA match. That's funny. Yeah. Practice score wasn't a thing either. So there's no proof. It didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
It wasn't even a thing. So as far as practice score is concerned, you've never shot a limited 10 match. True. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. Now we got questions. We do. Uh, first question we got in was, what's your favorite part of the secure... Wall. Yes, the secure wall so far. Um, and this is in reference to the lockdown secure wall that we won at GunCon. Yes. We got it... Actually, I got it in the mail. It got delivered the day you left for your trip for Virginia. Yep. And unfortunately... Can you guys guess where it stayed? At the front door. <laughs> Just inside the front door. I wiggled past it every day for four days until you got back in town. Yeah. So, then he got back in town and got everything all set up and got everything unboxed, got the space cleaned out, installed it. Well, you guys can check... Uh... The post because it'll definitely be the one of the at least one of the images in there for yeah. this week's episode. This wall is beautiful. Yeah, I dig it. Like absolutely gorgeous, and we I think we probably moved everything around like five or six times before we settled on where they are currently, which this is the longest it's been like this. It's been about. 25 26 hours um <laughs> that we haven't moved any of the pegs around to rearrange things i really like the way it's set up now but it's certainly going to change once we get more pegs because um well we run out of pegs and we Quickly. still have guns to display so we need to order more pegs and then we'll be rearranging more things again so you can see the progression of the wall on instagram yeah and so facebook what do i like best about it so far one the looks Mm-hmm. It just looks really good. So sharp. The gray with all like all the hardware, the shelves, the gun racks, the hooks, everything is black. It's got this really nice coating on it, so I don't feel like it's going to like be scratching up the guns. Uh, it's got like a rubbery coating on the actual hooks and the pegs that go up the barrel and underneath the firearm. Shelves are like nice and clean, like very clean looking shelves. I just, aesthetically, it's, like, super pleasing. Yeah. That's my favorite part about it. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And it's so easy. Like, it was, like, super simple. I would say the looks and the, the that's going to sound really weird, Sorry. but the secureness. Yeah. When you lock in the shelf or the peg, they're very, there's a positive, like. Yeah, it's not like a peg hook on, like, a pegboard for, like, your workbench or, like, you see at, like, a retail shop. Where it has like the two hooks and it just kind of like sits there. The bottom actually locks in to another set of holes. No, but I, I'm, as I'm looking at it right now, I need you to bring a peg home tomorrow. I told you it's it's one by one squares. It is it is pegboard. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's why I said I could grab a two inch hook from work and like hang a little something on oh. it. Yeah, it is it is the same dimensions as pegboard. It's one by one, so you can. I guess you could use peg hooks if you wanted to, but they're going to look nasty compared to these beautiful things. Yeah. And they won't lock in, obviously, so would never recommend hanging a gun on a peg hook off of a secure wall. Always use the secure wall provided peg hooks because they lock in. They're secure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Brains and beauty. That's the wall. Yeah, God, it looks yeah. so good. So good. We can't stop looking at it. Every time we walk in the room, we're like, oh. It's true. It looks so good. 
So, those are all of our favorite things about the wall thus far. I'm sure more will come the longer we have it, the yeah. more we rest around with things. Um, we're probably going to do a little bit of shopping on their website and see what else is available to put on this wall. Cause well, we have everything available. We just don't have enough quantities. Right. Well, there's like a, like an AR magazine holder. Is there? Yeah. And it holds 10 loaded magazines, and they, like, nestle in one above the other like a little tree. Really? And you can either hang it from the wall, or you can have it freestanding in your safe. Huh. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Because, I mean, it holds them, you're, like, nestle them in to the, like, kind of like the old school CD racks. Mm -hmm. Like the CD towers, where you put the CD rack, the CD cases in. It kind of looks like that. But you put the mags in sideways, and they stack, 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 ton of them up, and will hold thirty round mags fully loaded, ten of them on there securely, which is super cool. Especially if you were listening to episodes ago when we talked about buying your AR mags and rifle mags by the caseful. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But yes, there are other things. So we're gonna get shopping, and we're definitely gonna be adding more things. If nothing else, more shelves and peg hooks. Yes. Because more guns, more hooks. The hookers! We need more hookers! <laughs> what other questions do we have? Uh, next question. Do you think the Beretta 92X performance is still top-notch over the Staccato and others? I do believe this question is directed at you, as I do not believe that the 92X performance is top-notch over the others. So, this is absolutely geared to you. So the way this is phrased is you would originally think that I thought the 92X was already better than the others. I've never said that. Right. Well, that's why I imagine that was maybe something you had said in the past and no. this person um, was just under the assumption that was your way of thinking. They're probably... Obviously... Who sent it in is a very big Beretta fan. Mm -hmm. And they're probably referring to my uh, Beretta clone open gun, which you guys will see more of later. So they were there when I first built it. I built it because it was cheap. Mm -hmm. Very cheap. Stupid cheap. And what is it? You said it was a Beretta clone. It's a Regard. A Grisson Regard. So it's not a Taurus 92? No. <laughs> Although I did look at those because of the frame safety. Yeah. So, uh, it is... So the reason I built it is that gun is rough, roughly, especially with all the parts that are on it right now, which are not very expensive. Mm -hmm. It shoots like... It shoots awesome. But that's probably cheaper than a Beretta 92X Performance total. Yeah. And this has a frame-mounted optic on it, it has a comp on it, magwell, the Extension. trigger job in a bag. The trigger job in a bag might push it over the edge because it's ludicrously expensive, but mm -hmm. well worth it. Right. But, but even with all of those things, you're still looking at less than what a 92X performance would run out of the box bare correct. bones. Now, I'm not saying the 92X isn't a good gun. I just happen to personally like Berettas. I like the way they shoot. I think they feel different than any other gun. But I'll also tell you that Berettas 
inherently in an open platform have a disadvantage. One, the slide is missing a lot of material. Right. The locking block is a lot, I don't want to say more fragile, but more prone to stress causing it to crack. And you cannot, no matter what you do, get as many rounds in a big stick Beretta mag that you can like a 2011. Yeah. It just can't happen. Just the way it's designed. I did not realize how big those 2011 mags were until I tried to put them into a mag pouch. And then right after that, tried to put my Up Lula over. So you know why they're so <laughs> big, right? So no one ever wants to talk about like the history of it. The 2011 itself, the wide body was originally designed around 45. Hmm. That mag body is the same, whether it's 9 or 45, the capacity just changes. That's why it's so wide. That makes sense. But that's why as competition shooters back then, they're like, this is a 45 and it holds 23 rounds. Imagine if this fucker was 9 mil. Yeah. How many rounds could we hold then? Right. And that's just the progression you see it like, go way out of hand from there. But those mag dimensions... Are still a forty-five. Obviously, the lips are different. Right, but, but the the width of the body. Right, the tube the is dimension, still the same. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not saying that the Beretta is not a good gun either. I actually would like to try one for limited optics. I think it'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what my my guy's name is on Instagram. He he shoots the hell out of Berettas, and I think he built the limited optics gun. So they're out there. There's a few of them. I wouldn't say it is top-notch over. Because what's a 92X go for? What's the price on them? Uh, they're in like the 16 to 17 range, I want to okay, say. Okay, so they're almost $1,000 mm-hmm. less than a staccato. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've never had a problem with the 92X. So, we actually have one for a review coming up very soon. Yay. I do really like the 92X performance. When I was shooting the Shadow 2 and we shot uh, low-cap Nats with Anthony. Mm-hmm. The week before low-cap Nats, we went and took a movement class, a performance class, with Brandon. And he let me shoot, Anthony let me shoot his 92X performance because that's what he was shooting. And I was blown away. Yeah. That's the only time I ever got to shoot it. It was just like... Uh, you know, want to run some rounds through this. this. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, you know, a couple shots here, a couple shots there. Like, just the feel and the balance was absolutely amazing. And I've, that is the first time I enjoyed shooting a Beretta. Have you shot another Beretta since then, though? Like, when's the last time you actually just shot one? I mean, outside of your Gerson. Yeah, but I can't even say that one because when we shot that, we weren't really doing like a review on it. We were just shooting one we shot at suppressed. Yeah. I mean, so I wouldn't be opposed to trying a Beretta again. But it was never anything that I didn't dislike it. I was just neutral mm-hmm. on it. It was just, yeah, it is what it is. It's nothing that gets me going. It's nothing that I despise. But that 92X performance was one that I really liked. That was all. I will try Berettas again. <laughs> I suppose. So I think if you are a fan of the Beretta, 
you should just shoot it. And I'm assuming because you want to put the Kato and others, you're assuming going to limited optics would be my guess. Uh, so just throw a maglow and a dot and some big mags in that fucker and let's go. Right? Do it. Do what you love. Play with what you love. If what you love doesn't fit, make it fit. You guys will see by the picture of this wall. <laughs> <laughs> there is some, uh, uh, let's call them eclectic choices. Right. Not your typical open guns. Not your typical guns, period. Yeah, not your typical anything. <laughs> these are all these are all very unique. Nothing up here should exist. Yeah. Well, some of it, maybe. <laughs> the things only exist because you pieced them together like Frankenstein. So Ah, ah he's alive. Ah, ah, next question. Mad scientists. Okay, limited optics and carry optics can't exist together. Thoughts on carry optics turning into production optics 15 rounds? So, uh... So, production optics is an IPSC division. Correct. So, I'm assuming they're saying that we have to choose as in, you can't have them both. Right. So, in IPSC, originally they had production optics and production optics light. They've now since removed production opti optics light. It's no longer a thing. They don't have a mag length restriction in carry optics for or production optics for IPSC. However, you are limited to 15 rounds. So, this question becomes a lot more interesting when you look at it and go, hold on, IPSC has the standard division, which is limited to us. Mm -hmm. I could, I, honestly, I could see, so here's the thing. Do you fuck with CO, which is easily the most popular division they've ever created? Do you mess with it at its core? Or do... Hmm. I see they were intentionally giving you a brain teaser. I can see the smoke coming out of your ears. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if we keep it, I mean, change the name from carry optics to production optics, that would stay in line with IPSC, which I think we should still not stray too far from. All right. They are the parent. Uh, I would like to see them adopt some type of limited optics. So if that's the case, I could see that being a differentiator between limit optics and carry optics. Right, that capacity. Right, because Where right you now... you get the 140 with limb ops, but you would be restricted to 15 rounds with production optics. Right. Which I, I think could be very fun. Mm -hmm. Adds a little bit of a different spice right. to carry optics. Now, how many people are going to cry that their carry optics gun is not like, oh, it's, it's like, this is what I don't understand. And I, I didn't understand it from the beginning. A lot of people are like, oh, limited optics and carry optics should be the same thing. And I'm not sure that that is true, but I also don't see a distinct advantage between either one. Right. Um, I know plenty of people that could take their carry optics gun and go and absolutely destroy 
people with very expensive limited optics guns. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's... Like, the action. The action is the only thing that differentiates and the magwell. Right? Because you can have a magwell and limops. So that's the only two things that are distinguishing those two divisions. And I agree with you. I don't believe that that is a whole lot to say that these are the differences between them. Right. So I actually do like this. I mean, now mind you, this is just tonight. My opinion could change. But I actually do like this solution. Mm -hmm. But is it worth messing with... The very, very popular carry The division. most popular division. Right. And changing it. Now, granted, you could easily see people going, I still want to shoot 140s. No one's saying you have to run a magwell in limited optics. Right. Just shoot limited optics if you want a high cap. Yep. I kind of like the production optics thing. Yeah. But you lose out in... The aspect that if you had a 2011, you couldn't shoot production optics. But you can't do that in Ipsic either. No single actions allowed. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I do also like that, you know, production is 10. Production optics would be 15. Like, there's... Yeah, but I think production is changing. I think it's going to 15. Officially? Or... Not, not officially, but all signs are pointing to it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I mean, I, everything needs to progress at some point. Right. Really? Tell the 1911 that. Stealth Arms did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess technically so did Para and so did STI. Right. right. There's many companies that said 1911 who? <laughs> this is her cousin. She's hotter. <laughs> so. That would be that would be actually a very a good solution if you could not have both, like if you could not keep them the way they are and had to do something turning, you know, carry optics into production 15, I like that. I'm not shooting carry optics anymore, so I don't get a book how many rounds you got. <laughs> I mean, actually, what you could do is you can get what most people think they should have done, and it's just said. Single action and magwells are legal in carry optics. Except now we're just going to call it limited optics. Right. And now you have production optics, 15 rounds. I thought that's what they were referring to, is you can't have them exist together in one division, is what I thought that was referring to. Well, it's, I mean, it's essentially what I just said. It's not one division. It's just... You would well, assume... allowing single action and magwells into carry optics and calling it one other thing is still the no, same. No, I'm as saying all current carry optics shooters would just move over to the new limited optics division. Because I can't see most carry optics shooters going, I'm only going to use 15 rounds. Right. Right, because that would mean you'd have to practice your reloads, and I know you don't want to do that. No. Or, God forbid, you actually have to practice stage planning. No. <laughs> And I say that tongue-in-cheek because I know there's still stage planning involved. Yes. And realistically, most stages, even with 15 rounds, is one reload. Right. So, I actually do like this. That I, I, could, I could see that playing out and I'd be okay with it. The production 15 is what you're... The production option. 
Production Optics 15. Yeah. Production Optics, which wouldn't need 15 after. It's just that's 15 round mags. Mm -hmm. And then Limited Optics is basically... 140s. 140s and single actions are allowed. So are Magwells. Yeah. I would, and, I, and then I'm, I'm seeing where you were going with that. Then the guys that want to shoot 140s that were in carry optics would just shoot limited optics instead. Yeah, most of them probably wouldn't even change their gun. If at all, maybe a Magwell. Yeah. Because it's definitely the, the, the whole trend of, oh, the single action is going to be better than the striker. Like, that's dying. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear anyone ever say, well, the single action is better than my double single. Shut up. Hmm. I've shot Shadow 2s with two or less pound triggers, and your little first pull single action being five pounds is nothing. All right. So don't give me that shit. Hell, even Glock now has a trigger out there that makes it like a good feeling trigger in a Glock. Yeah. So it's evolved. Put me in the baby. <laughs> or y'all could have shot MPs to begin with and had a really good trigger. After some Apex work. True. <laughs> well, that wraps up the end of the week. Yep. The only thing we did gun related this week was put this wall up and play with our guns all week long. That's true. <laughs> We've been doing a little testing on product. We'll talk more about those later after we test them. And working out some upcoming interviews. Yes. What are you looking at me like that for? I answered the question. You look like you oh, were... she wants me to close the podcast out. Lucky for you guys. Questions, comments, concerns, pewtimepodcast at gmail.com. At Laugh and Load on all the social medias and Reddit. Reach out to us. You know how to get a hold of us by now. And uh, that's all I got. Shirts, swags, hats, yes. laughandload.com. Love you. Bye.